everyone. Welcome to Juana TV, a podcast exploring community through culture and cannabis. If you're not familiar with the brand, you can visit our official site, which we'll drop in the chat. And you can explore our blog, shop our merch, and view previous episodes of our podcast. Today's live recording is sponsored by JP Marie Pro, helping us bring stories to life in this virtual space. And today's guest are a dream cannabis couple duo. If you're a friend of the show, you know I talk about Clubhouse on here all the time. And I actually met Tamika in one of the cannabis rooms on there. Um, they're the most chill, informative, tranquil rooms. But nonetheless, I love her story and her vibe. So I started following their brand. And the couple saw a little bit about their story. They saw an opportunity to, an opportunity to enter the industry in 2019 and started their brand Reset Wellness which is a cannabis consulting and wellness brand based in Washington, DC. And since then, they've been on a mission to build community resilience and well-being by redefining and reshaping the perception of the consumption of cannabis. They currently serve on the advisory board for Marijuana Matters, a nonprofit organization helping those adversely affected by the criminalization of marijuana. And their mantra, you guys, is live well your way. And basically that just me, I, when I read that, I was like, okay, these are my kind of people. So without further ado, I introduce to you guys, Jason and Tamika Aldridge. Hi. Thank you, Hi, thank you for having us. Of course, thank you guys for making time to join our podcast. How, have, how has everything been for you guys in these past few weeks? How's the new year? Today's the new moon in Aquarius. So much is happening in the cosmos, in the world. What is going on with Tamika and Jason? It has been a whirlwind for us. Um, we got a lot going on with the two brands we're distance learning with two little ones in elementary school uh, we're stuck in the house because I don't play around with this virus so we're in here trying to you know not kill each other <laughs> survive to you know fight most another day the, most still alive so we made it through 2020 so still alive and snap Oh, yes. I love to hear it. So out the gate, I have to ask, I married my weed man. <laughs> Please tell me about that story Have from the conception to when you said, you know what, I can make, we can make our story a thing. Can you please just give us that story? Um, it really was birthed very, very organically. Um, it's true. I married my weed man. In, allegedly. 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 In real life. <laughs> allegedly. Um, and it was something that I always had, like kind of in the back of my mind when people would ask us. And in my mind, I would say that before I make up whatever story we would make up in the moment. Because I, that question would always catch us so off guard, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. so one day somebody asked us and I just looked at him and was like, can we just tell the truth? <laughs> and he was like, yes, look fine. Just go, you know, and the person that we ended up saying it to and the, well, the people that we said it in front of, everybody's mouth just fell open. 
and we kind of gave them a background. You know, it's like I said, it happened organically. I was uptown, DC, with a girlfriend of mine, and we needed some flour. And my person didn't answer, her person answered. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he came over, and we've literally been together ever since. Um, it's been, you know, 19 years now. So we've been together for 19 years. And it'll be nine years of marriage on May 12th of this year. Um, so when I got on Clubhouse, I dropped it in my bio because as of late, I had been thinking, let's just do like a little ebook about our really not really focusing on the love story part, but I was just going to call it that, but really just talking about like our journey into cannabis and into this CBD space and this hemp space. And um, so I threw it in my bio my clubhouse bio and I was in a cannabis room um hazy and uh, black cannabis magazine and mall of bouquet rolling on um, papers were like hey there's a girl in here named Tamika and she married her weed man I need you to come up to the stage and say you gotta explain that to us and next thing I know it became a thing right and we still don't know what that thing is, but you know, people have been reaching out to us. And so I just was like, well, let's just start hosting these rooms on Wednesdays. Different topics based on what people have asked us over the years and just kind of really integrating our personal story because I didn't realize that's a three-year-old. I told you might make a cameo. That's a kid-friendly show, okay? So yeah, it just, okay, he wants to say hello. Please come make a cameo. Hi, how are you? Oh my God, and he's adorable and he knows it. Okay, now mommy and daddy have to work. Um, but yeah, we, so we started hosting these rooms and kind of integrating our personal love story and our personal journey. And now it's just kind of become a thing. And we've been able to really curate these safe spaces, um, having conversations that I didn't even realize were so needed in the cannabis space when it comes to love and dating and sex um, mm -hmm. and consent you know, and, and all of those things, you know, I've had such a positive experience with my husband and with cannabis that I never thought about the people that experienced the opposite of that until they started, you know, DMing me after these talks. So then I just kind of felt an obligation to, okay, if they're comfortable with me to talk about these things, let's make the space for them to talk about it. So you know, we're still figuring it out with the brand, with this brand, I Married My Weed Man, but um, yeah, that's kind of how all this got started. Well, it's definitely a vibe and it's definitely a thing. And I will say, and one thing that I have found um, as I grew up in the church, so a lot of my family still goes to church and that's just how, that's my origin. And in the black community, it's kind of, I guess taboo to be talking about cannabis, shunned and yeah. taboo to be talking about cannabis and sex. So the fact that you guys also integrate the fact that you're Christians, it kind of gives you a, um, 
a leg up, at least in that respect and it, respect, and it makes you an authority figure, if you will, because of course, everybody, people are doing both of those things, no matter who they are. And, and what so they, what they believe. <laughs> exactly. And so to have someone like, hey, I'm a Christian who consumes, and I also want to educate you on your sex life because, and my sister and I were talking about this um, last week, you know, a lot of us weren't, especially in Christian households weren't really educated about sexuality and sex. We were just kind of told not to do it or wait until you're married. And you definitely need way more than that. <laughs> so you um, do. I'm grateful yeah. for you guys' space in that respect. <laughs> and, and that was very important to me because, you know, I had to tell people it's not a fear, right? But there is a reverence that you hold as a preacher's kid or as a, you know someone that grew up in the church so there was a certain respect that i have for my family knowing how you know what church means to them and what god means to them so all these years i really felt like i was living a double life you know and i really felt i couldn't re be free i couldn't be my authentic self because of the judgment and you know Especially, so I, I was telling my husband, when you grow up in the church, mm -hmm. right, when you're little and they, and you, you're taught the 10 commandments, you know, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, you don't lie, honor your father and your mother. And, you know, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you wear skirts, you don't, you know, and you cross your leg, like all these, you know, the debutante programs mm -hmm. and, and it's really, and the etiquette lessons, and it really makes you put your pastor and the deacons and those elders in the church on a pedestal at that age, right? So as you begin to get older and you start coming into your own knowledge and seeing, you know, deacon so-and-so smoking a cigarette after church and sister so-and-so cussed up <laughs> sister so-and-so out. And I'm like, wait, wait, it, it was like, I was devastated because I was the little girl that had her Bible at recess. Like you need to love Jesus with all your heart, you know? So I was really taken aback and it, it took, it really had an effect on me, right? To the point that I, I as I got, you know, 17, 18, 19, I was like, I'm over this, this, you know, church people are hypocritical and they're this. So what I allowed to happen was folks ran me out of church, you know, but I blamed it on God. Cause I'm like, God, you make these people, how, how could you make these people treat me like this? You know, because church hurt is real. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the more I tried to be myself and to be honest about being real, um, I was judged and shunned and called the black sheep. And, you know, you can't be in the choir anymore because, you know, you smoke. It was just, it was a lot. So I left church and I was not connected to a church, you know, for 17 years. And it was really me getting back in cannabis that got me back in church. And this time I said, I want to do it the right way. Right. And I connected with this ministry really just to support like I was telling you again, my best friend, she had a, some friends that moved up here. They started a ministry. Of course, I'm going to support, you know, not knowing that that ministry, Destiny Reachers, was going to change my life. And I finally was like, okay, I told him, I was like, I 
am really feeling this, but I want to be honest. I don't want to get so involved and then they find out what I do or, you know, I can't go through that again. Right. But I went to my pastor and told Pastor Battle and, and my first lady and they just, I mean, open arms. And we talked about it and, and I was able to educate them and they were asking questions. And my first lady had already kind of started doing her own research um, because she had had open heart surgery, you know? So she was already looking into holistic ways to heal because she didn't want to be on the pharmaceutical drugs. So it just felt good to finally be able to say like, yes, I'm a church girl and I smoke cannabis and it is okay. And I have sex with my husband and it is okay. You know, like y'all told me to wait until I got married, right? So now I'm shunned if I'm talking about like, no, you know, we are, we met very, very young. We were 20, I was 22 going on 23 and he was 23, you know, we were young and now we're 40 and 42, 40. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and exactly. so we we know each other mm-hmm. you know what I mean we know each other so we have fun together we we talk about everything I feel like we we've been through it all the the extreme highs where I was just like you know this is the love of my life and I'm just you know floating on cloud nine to <laughs> he was in divorce Last court month. what sixty days ago. You know what I mean? Like this is a wrap. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so you know, we're we're still regular couple. We still go through the same Everybody things. Goes Everybody goes through. We've just decided to incorporate cannabis into that. You know, and the- talk about it a little bit because yeah. most people go through stuff privately. And you don't realize that other people are going through the same thing you're going exactly. through. Exactly. I, I just left um, from seeing uh, one of my friends and, and I was talking to his wife and I was, mm-hmm. she was just saying that um, he just got back in the house after six weeks of time out. But she had to realize um, the issues that they're going through are minor when she started talking to her girlfriends and find out mm-hmm. what her girlfriends are going through. You know, she said, wait a minute, that's it? That's your only problem? So right. I think, you know, as of late, we've been coming to the realization that everybody got problems. It's just a matter of who's doing the work to get through them and get on the other side of it. Mm, did y'all hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds clear because I think that's so beautiful, especially when you add the fact that you all are also business partners because yeah, it's 24 seven, sixty-five. Some days I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, but it works for us. And I tell people all the time, it works for us. Mm-hmm. You know, what we put out to the public is what works for us. What we are trying to do is be an example of what it could possibly look like in your home if you did certain things you know we go to therapy i am a a, listen everybody need therapy i i i'm an advocate for that um we go to marriage counseling you know because you need that even when things are good you need that check-in from time to time just to make sure um, we call it marriage maintenance. That's our marriage maintenance. You check in with your pastor from time to time just to, you know. If you exercise, if, if you, you get yeah. your car tuned up, you, you, you just tune up your marriage. You got to tune up the marriage too. And just being intentional with stuff like that. So 
the key to marrying your weed man, guys, yeah. is being intentional. And, and <laughs> that's, and that's what I'm hearing. And lots of cannabis. And lots of cannabis. I think <laughs> to be to be honest, the the mm-hmm. the um I think the one saving grace we had during the 19 years is cannabis. Because it it was it's times, like she said, we know each other well enough to know how long the other person needs time out. You know what I'm saying? So, so it you know we've gone days without being cordial, you know, or just kind of doing the bare minimum as far as communication. But we still smoke together at night. <laughs> still, it's the ritual. It brings people together. When I, when I leave it, when I leave, when I roll something and leave it in the ashtray. I know what that means. That's, you know, it's time to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's peace he offering. always says that. He's that's like, this my, is my peace offering. This is my peace offering. And I'm like, that's not good enough. But then I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hit your little weed and maybe we'll talk while you're doing something, you know? I love that. And by the way, guys, if you have any questions while we're talking, please drop them in the chat. Or if you want to do it privately, you can drop it in the Q&A um, and we'll have them answer them. <clears throat> but I guess I also kind of wanted you guys to go into your cannabis brand. So can you talk about um, kind of where, because you also have Reset Wellness in addition to the I Marry My Weed Man brand. Um, and you guys have other businesses, if I'm not mistaken, but I'll let you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we Reset Wellness is a cannabis consulting um, and wellness brand in D.C. And it was really birthed once again organically and kind of out of necessity. Um, my husband had been telling me about CBD for a while before it even kind of, you know, was the thing. And I just was like, no, I'm good with my cannabis. You know, I'm, I'm not into it. Like, I'm, I'm good. But I wasn't, you know. And the, and the way I discovered it was totally by accident. It was hmm. totally by accident. I had a friend of mine who was in the CBD. Um, he gave me a J and I smoked it. He, he didn't tell me it was CBD. Mm-hmm. And I smoked it and I immediately felt the effects. Like, my knees were tingling. My back loosened up a little bit. I could feel my blood circulating better. So I said, what? I said, what strain is this? <laughs> and I was like, I, I need I need some more of this. He said, it's not a strain, it's CBD. <laughs> so that was my discovery of it. So I, I was trying to tell her at night, we should smoke CBD. And I was like, yeah. Go ahead. This, yeah, this yeah. Like smoking did you do what your friend did to you? Did you flip it in? I, so, no, After a while. He, so I was like, what <laughs> is this? So he started telling me about the CBD flower. Then he bought me a top where I have chronic pain. Um, I was diagnosed with arthritis at 17. It just runs in my family. And he introduced me to the topicals. Um, so I knew it worked, right? But when I ran out, we couldn't find one in the dispensaries or anywhere else that really had the effect of that particular um, brand. And at the time, the owner was, he had went out of the country and we like, well, we could somewhat, some, for some reason, we couldn't get in touch with him to get more. Mm-hmm. So my husband was just like, why don't you try to make it? And I'll just look at him crazy. Like, I am an event planner, you know, like, I, what are you talking about? Make, you were an event planner make. with bad knees though. So he's <laughs> like, no, I really think you could do it. And so I really just started researching and going on YouTube and found some groups on Facebook, um, grabbed a couple of my girlfriends because they are always with my shenanigans um, and was like, hey, it was always are. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, hey, Bubba is, he has this idea. Um, I also thought it was great because during the time of me learning about CBD, I'm starting to learn about the legal market, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is a great way to go from legacy to legal. Um, because we're operating in this gray area in DC mm-hmm. with being I-71 compliant. Um, so I just was like, this is it. Like, this is how I can convert everything. It was, it was, you know? it was, it was meant for us to do it together. Yeah. And, and it, so we started making it and it just started out, you know, making it for myself. And then he let his mom try it. Then I let my auntie try it. And, and the elders is really from there. Us. It just we know people with life like, like lifelong pain issues yeah. that were just raving about how the product worked for them. So we just so we we had no choice. So I think maybe about 30, 45 days later, we realized we had something good. Um and he was making juice. So we have the relaxed mm-hmm. beverages with which are craft juices that we make from scratch, um, mm-hmm. all natural. Um, then we have the pain salve, which is our relief bar. We have rejuvenation cream, which is an infused body butter. We have a refresh scrub, um, which is our body scrub. And we have a tincture. And then he makes these amazing brownies. It's like everybody thinks that I'm, I'm the brownie. And I'm like, no, it is him. Like, I was just going to ask who does, who makes the rest of So I do the topicals, and but he does the oil. He gets, you know, he... Um, sources the flower the cbd flower he makes his he does his own extractions all that and then he infuses whatever you know ingredient that i need to make my product so we're in the kitchen we're making the products but then i'm also building the business mm-hmm. because this wasn't something that we knew we were going to do so there was no pre-planning there was no oh we got our, we already have our llc business plan so i'm trying to do this while the brand is just growing, growing, growing. And then when the pandemic hit, it exploded because now everybody home, everybody needs to smoke. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about our juices were at first, it, it became very, very popular amongst the elders in our city. Like the mm-hmm. we, lo- we love working with our seniors where we are caretakers. You know, we help take care of um, his parents and my auntie. So we're very involved in elder care. And they love the juice because they always talk about how they used to smoke their reefer back in the day. Mm-hmm. They can't smoke anymore. So they were loving the juices. But during the pandemic, we realized a lot of moms because now they're home. You can't really smoke because the kids are home, but you can drink it. And the juices just blew up, you know. Um, and then along with that, we were educating you know, people were able to book consultations with us. And, you know, before the world got shut down, we would do kind of like an Avon situation or a Mary Kay situation. You get your girlfriends together, we'll come to the house and we'll bring our table. We'll, we'll do like a 30 minute info session, Q&A, demo the products where we, they could actually use them and touch them and, and sample the juices. Um, and that was starting to become really popular because we would always give the host, you know, a host gift. And it just, be, it, it, once again, it became a thing. And I don't know, now we're in the kind of like this rebranding phase um, because now we see what direction we want to go in with that brand, with Reset Wellness. 
Um, so we're in talks with, I mean, it's just, it's going really well. And I'm, all I know is I'm taking my time because mm-hmm. um, we talked a little bit before the show and, you know, I'm learning as I go. So we've some, have had some very expensive mistakes and I would be so hard on myself, you know, and I remember talking to my first lady because after one hit we took, I was just like, this is going to, this is going to end us. This is going to end. Like, I can't believe I made this mistake, you know? And she said to me, she said, no, Tamika, you're not. And I'm like, I got to start from scratch. And she's like, no, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. And when she said that to me, that was the day I decided I'm going to take my time with this rebrand because what we've created is, there is nothing else. Mm-hmm. you know so why am I rushing to the finish line I've bought the company as far as I can right so it was time for me to reach out to help to real help mm-hmm. and that's what we kind of did you know we talked to our mentor and she has just been a, a guiding light you know and things are happening and you know we don't want to talk too soon but yes we're we're super super excited about what is about to happen with reset um so know that even though we're not as active as we used to be on social media and doing all it's like we are really really diligently working on perfecting the products getting retail ready and 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 some other things i think it's hard especially now that everybody is online and people are looking to buy things online it's hard to find that balance of needing to be online and then taking that time, especially as a small business, especially as an entrepreneur, to take that time and really plan and manifest things. Um, so I understand the struggle with that. That can I struggle with that all the time, like trying to be making sure people, the brand awareness that I'm still putting myself out there, but I also need to recollect myself and <laughs> manifest better ideas and um, this retrograde, I've kind of been taking, I'm usually not like a Mercury retrograde person, but um, one of the ladies that I do business with, she was like, just kind of take this time to chill and manifest some things and not really be working yourself like you always do and asking, just really focus on what it going to look like when you do bring these things to life instead of juggling all those balls um so i applaud you guys for still y'all still be doing you know some little little (laughs) but um so i have to ask then before the before you guys do drop it what are each of your favorite products from reset Mm. on the on the edible side i love the arnold palmer the, the sweet children. tea the sweet tea lemonade with Arnold Palmer so that, that's that's my because I'm a, just a sweet tea girl right and my husband just makes great sweet tea you know and so it, that's my favorite yeah that's uh, my favorite yeah I'm, I'm a ginger honey ginger honey lemon okay what's all the flavors these yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the beverages yeah, the I beverages come in four flavors um ginger honey lemon and you can drink that one hot or cold um, so you heat it up and drop a tea bag in it and you're, you're good to go. We have a blueberry lemonade. We have a mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer. And then we had a sorrow, but we, it's because it takes a lot to make it from scratch. Mm-hmm. We kind of discontinued it sorrow. for now. Sorrow. Yeah. 
It's like a Caribbean. It's a Caribbean. It's a flower. It's similar to the similar. Yeah, like a hibiscus flower. flower. Okay, okay. It's spicy. Yeah. It's kind of popular more so in the winter time. Okay. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's from the Caribbean. So a lot of Caribbeans, a lot of Jamaicans, Trinidadians, they actually argue over who, who it belongs to. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I on the topical side, yeah. definitely the pain cream. The pain cream. That's our pain salve. Is- and that's the one that's more popular with the elders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we package it in like a deodorant stick because it gives them, you know, the ones that might not have anybody to help. It gives them a couple extra inches to reach those places. But yeah, it's like we stay sold out. I can't make enough. You know, you guys so- ship across the U.S.? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I believe you can ship CBD anywhere. Yes, you can mm-hmm. ship CBD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you guys hear that? If you want to try okay. cannabis products, CBD is non-psychoactive and yeah. it helps with pain. I'll let you guys go into the education piece, but I do think that um, there's a huge opportunity with our elders to kind of break them of that stigma of, oh, reefer, or I don't want any of that cannabis stuff, or because it actually does, it's so much better than the pharmaceutical stuff. I have never been big on taking meds. So I, and I started smoking cannabis just as like my friends were smoking weed. I was a girl smoking weed, but I noticed um, some kind of like you, I don't know if they, I intentionally had CBD or a different strain, but it made me feel much less anxious than I usually felt um, when I was consuming. And so I was like, I like this feeling so much better. So, and that started my journey into actually educating myself about the many different types of cannabis strains and plants and flowers and benefits there are. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys could touch on um, some of the benefits of using CBD in general. I would, I would say um, my approach with people has been, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Grandma and them been going to the doctor for mm-hmm. 20 years getting the same prescribed the same medication ain't nothing changed you know mm-hmm. you go in you get your script filled out you get your pain meds or your diabetes meds or high blood pressure pills or whatever the case may be but it's just a real um nonchalant approach with doctors and the african-american community so when I discovered CBD in the manner, like I discovered cannabis as a teenager, you know what I mean? And use cannabis intentionally and, and recreationally. Mm-hmm. But when I discovered that CBD hit different, mm-hmm. I was like, this is working. Something is going on inside of my body that's making me feel better. And like you said, it can help with anxiousness. It can help with pain and internal and external so so my approach you know from an edu to me because more of an educator than i am i will be more so uh let's see try it and tell me what happened give it a week and if it doesn't work or you don't find that it works go back to doing whatever it is you've been doing that's not working but let me get out your way because maybe i'm not we're not the match for each other you know but if i can convince you to try it and you try it and you find out that it works then i've done my job and I always tell people, everything doesn't work for everybody. And this is not a cure. We ne- This is not a cure. We don't tell people to stop taking your medicine and take mm-hmm. CBD. It is not a cure-all. You know, you still have to go by whatever your doctor is saying. But don't be afraid to bring it 
up to your doctor. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel like they're going to get in trouble if they say, well, I need a medical card to bring it up because I don't want them to think we're, and I'm like, no, as your physicians, they have an obligation to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. Now, whether their practice endorses cannabis or prescribes mm -hmm. cannabis, that's different, but they do have an mm -hmm. obligation to talk Have to you about it and if they don't and if they don't know to refer you to somebody that can um i think a lot of our our seniors because they just they just need to be re-educated they grew up in the you know all the propaganda and the negativity um my partner in business uh, my girlfriend Cece. She always says when people tell her, you know, because she's a church girl, preacher's kid, when they tell her, you know, well, weed is bad. She's like, well, who told you that? And they always, I, 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 they can't even answer, you know, because who is they? Who told you it was bad? Why do you think it's, and, and it sparks that conversation. And then we're able to let them know, like, no, this is something that is from the earth. And it's not a sin. I had a chat on Clubhouse, Christian Ethics. Um, and cannabis and our pastor came on because I wanted people to be able to talk and ask the questions to Does someone also consume no he doesn't okay he I doesn't was, I was in a room where a man was preaching about it and I was like if there was ever someone to convert Christians it's this man he was so I, I think we were in that room together um okay. and there were two bishops in there that and we'll talk offline about that too, because I have some thoughts about, about <laughs> the difference in the two bishops that were in the room, because you got to be careful about that too. Um, and it's not saying, you know, one was better than, but I could, you can tell in the faith-based communities, yes, they're starting to convert over. Yeah. But what I'm noticing is it's money-driven. So you, I could tell, you know, we could tell the difference. Um, we could tell when we were in that room. I know exactly what room you were talking about, but yeah, he he doesn't. But we wanted people to be able to ask, you know, is it a sin? Do, you know, what does the Bible say about it? And had that open and honest, candid conversation. And now, you know, my little church ladies, they they trying to convince me to make a subscription box. <laughs> they don't want to run out, you know. There's like a 13th century, oh my God, I should have put it in the slideshow, but there's a 13th century, like this really old, like ancient painting of Jesus and what they believe to be a marijuana plant. And the picture through the years has been titled Jesus Heals the Blind. Mm -hmm. um, and it implies that he did so with a cannabis plant. And so that was my introduction to like, oh, okay. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's natural and natural. it was demonized to demonize black and brown people. And criminalize, yeah. That's the simple truth about it. And of course it gets more convoluted. Yeah, and they can't they can't help that they're part of the propaganda era. Like it's not their fault. Yeah. And then you know, so many things going on in the black community that we were targeted as they just saw that as another target. Mm -hmm. So we can't really fault mama and them, you know what I mean, for their approach with us but i remember having a conversation with my father at 16 he was just like i don't get it what is it about this thing and i was like listen before i die we'll be legal and i'm i'm not dead yet and here we are, we are. it's know. the beginning but here we are but, but here we are and the, the way i looked at it all the the kids i was going to school with were going to be senators and judges and lawyers one day 
and they would have grown up with it. So their approach to it would probably be a little bit different, you know, when they get it in position to make decisions and form laws and stuff like that. So that's how I viewed it. Like the people that I was smoking cannabis with at 16 were going to be future. The lawmakers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I saw it. So mm -hmm. that's how I knew it would be legal. It, it actually came a little sooner than expected, um, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I, 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 I was giving it like five to 10 years, but I mean, here we are. Like the battle has been progressing for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it makes sense <laughs> timing wise of the large amount of uh, cannabis users. Yes, and I feel like every year you look and it's like more people approve. Or I just think now it's just kind of like it's so widely accepted. It's like, come on now. <laughs> right, come on now. And I think one thing that I found with my business is there, and I'm sure like you all said, the education piece is what's really missing and undoing all of that propaganda and having those conversations. But in addition to that, um, I have found myself needing to understand legislation and being a lobbyist and having to advocate because um, I want to ask you all how how it is there out in DC but I know here at least in Missouri you already know how it is a lot of rural farmers got a lot of the contracts or people who were already in good and had money and friends in high places and most of those people are not black or brown um, they are looking to legalize recreational cannabis in 2022. And there's three bills, I believe, and none of them mention anything about any type of programs or like nothing. And so it's like, wow, like to see, and it's just like, why? It, it's so easy and to, in having conversations with the people I've talked to in the industry here and understanding it's so, it's so, um, I understand why people are upset at companies just posting the black square because, okay, you posted your black square, but when it comes to hiring and listening to ideas from black and brown people about how you can better serve our community, you're apprehensive or you don't want to listen, or you are, you know, the opportunities in the very small things and the small ways to help are there, but they're not being taken advantage of by people who believe themselves to be allies and so we have to advocate and lobby for ourselves in these spaces and for me that's not something that growing up I thought I would ever be doing or into I wasn't into politics but here I am <laughs> so um I could go on about that but can you talk a little about a little bit about what's going on in DC or how the industry is there well, the, the good news um, for you is that by things just now kind of shaping up, you still have an opportunity to get involved. Um, same, same here in DC, we're not there yet. You know, we might be a little bit more forward thinking um, with where we are and it's really laxed as far as decriminalization is concerned, which was really the main issue here in DC. Um, I can remember um, growing up, I've, I've seen people get locked up for a seed before. Wow. Not crumbs or a nick or a small amount or a gram or something. I've seen people actually, an uh, officer find a seed in your car and you could go to jail for that. So um, 
the the past few administrations have been pretty good about being clear and it was clogging the court systems too um marijuana offenses uh, will actually it is a disservice to keep locking people up for small crime because the amount of it, people it takes to run the court system the bailiff we paying for all of that you know um <laughs> and the interesting the, the ironic part is that for years in a lot of communities in a lot of places minor offenses will actually determine your budget your police department's budget the budget for law enforcement the budget for your SWAT teams and all of that because they have to justify spending a certain amount of money for law enforcement so they would you in places like New York where they would use stop and frisk to stop search pop you right quick mm -hmm. just to just to say oh well all this crime is happening and it's and, and for decades they weren't falsifying crime but they were <laughs> highlighting the kind of crimes that aren't really a crime right it wasn't really a crime most people smoking weed it's just that chilling they're not <laughs> we're not bothering you know nobody I mean? there's actually a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so I think what we're seeing is a perfect storm of the propaganda that's taking place for the past thirty years. Mm -hmm. As far as what what are we what is the what is crime? How are we looking at crime? What are we defining as crime? And does it make sense to have all these people logged in the system for minor offenses? So we have made some strides in, in um, as far as decriminalization and people just not going to jail for, for, for petty reasons. Um, but the cannabis market here in DC is booming, okay? <laughs> like they keep saying this uh, $50 billion, they keep, I keep hearing the numbers $50 billion. By no, 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 as, as an industry. Oh, I was like, they refer, I've, I've heard, I've heard. Say, you saw me like I've heard the people <laughs> to cannabis numbers as 50 billion by 2023. And I think that's a very low number. And I think that's, uh, I think that number is, is very, very low. Um, I think that the cannabis, I think what we're seeing right now is people positioning themselves to be billionaires. So you got to imagine that all of these people that um, are investing so heavily in cannabis, millions and millions of dollars, they're not in it to be multi-millionaires. They want to be billionaires. They're positioning themselves to be billionaires. And you you mean to tell me only 50 of them got that plan? So only 50 of these guys are going to be billionaires? No way. No way. Not in this industry, not the way it's been around. Not for as long and as many layers and facets as it is to it, there's no way only 50 of these guys plan on being billionaires. So you, you know if the money's going into it, that the money's going to come out of it sooner or later. Like in one way or or another. Before it's all said and done, you will see billionaires, cannabis billionaires. Yeah, I think, like you said, definitely sooner than later. Um, and, and I would encourage people to really, you know, get involved with the organizations in their communities that really have boots on ground, that mm -hmm. are really doing the work in the social equity, in the social um, justice space. Minorities for medical marijuana. Um, mm -hmm. marijuana matters, marijuana um, matters. 
check check in to keep up with legalization you can you know we're a part of normal so i get those emails and i read them every day on asa americans for safe access i get those emails i read them every day because the laws are ever changing and being in dc i went to dcps and i never really realized what lobbying is and how much access we really do to that that we have to congress like i it wasn't until i got in the industry that i learned how to use my power in that way and just being able to run up on them and be like hey this is what you know i didn't know you could do that like i was blown away when show you, me the ways yeah, me the i was i was blown no, away so when so i participated yeah. in my first lobby day because i was like this is yeah, what? I mean, as as a voting as a voting American, see what I was gonna say to piggyback on to what Tamika was saying. We don't realize our own power, and that's why they always try to convince us that voting is not important. Mm -hmm. Because um, by just being a natural born citizen, you have access to rights that. What has happened is they don't. We don't learn about our rights, mm -hmm. so we don't exercise them. So what has happened, we don't participate and processes that are used for change, mm -hmm. which is why the generations before us were so adamant, adamant yeah. about voting mm -hmm. and, and community activism because that's where change starts. So um, what I would say to people is that um, the, the time really is now to um, get involved. Um, it, there's so many, um, so many, um, great organizations out there, but really um, you can literally start, um, look at uh, Alexandria uh, Osario-Cortez. Mm -hmm. She was bartending three years ago. She started going to uh, uh, ANC meetings, neighborhood meetings. You move up to neighborhood council, then city council. You can run for mayor. You it, it's, it's, it's so many um, levels in which you could penetrate government to have your voice heard mm -hmm. um and 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 you can put a stop on some things too if if things are shaping up where you are missouri that that's shaping up to be unfair you can say wait let's talk about it you know um the and and, and but it takes grassroots organization and kind of even like like you said joining organizations mm -hmm. maybe getting organizations to join together yes. being as part of yeah. as many organizations as you can that you know can see have an impact and making a difference. So really what it boils down to um, is exercising your power. Right now in DC, um, it, there, there's the, the there's medical marijuana program for patients. There's um, a gray area. And then there's like straight up what, what we've known for years and that's the black market. And they all exist. Legacy market. The legacy market. They all exist um, cohesively. They all exist on their own, void of any. Nobody's in nobody else's lane. Well, lane. I would say so. I I feel like the propaganda now, which is even more frustrating, and I don't know if it's just me being outraged, but <laughs> what I feel is that. The propaganda now is to to the black market is already shunned 
but there are people who, or in the legacy market, there are people who built things from the ground up. And we have those, like what Free Ray, Ricky Ross, there's a guy down in Atlanta. Um, his name escapes me, but people I'm who- I'm not about the grow, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people, yeah. these people who have root, real roots in the community and who understand the industry and how it works. And I feel like there is a push to- um, suppress that contribution um, to to use to use it to use the culture, but to suppress the contribution. And because the black market still runs cannabis, so you said it's a fifty, it's about to be a fifty billion dollar industry. Imagine how much money is being ma- made still on the street mm-hmm. that they feel like they're missing out on. And mm-hmm. instead of helping these people. Um, transition into the legal market which we all know is barriers paperwork and all that stuff instead of helping people transition they are still finding ways to catch them up in the system so 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 you make a great point because what i've noticed when it comes to the cannabis industry this time we're not going for it we've seen it happen in sports (laughs) we've seen it we've seen it happen in entertainment it's no different then entertainment, when they put a bunch of funny contracts together that basically yeah. tell you you're not making money on your own music, on your own tours, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, we've been taking advantage of in every facet where they we, we can be exploited. Mm-hmm. And and the beauty of the cannabis industry, there's enough of us involved that recognize your point, that see you know our contributions and, and things like that. And and basically, our, our our thing is we're not we're not having it. If we gotta go to Congress, we going to Congress. If we gotta uh, shut the dispensaries down, we shutting the dispensaries. Whatever we gotta do, you know, to make sure that it's inclusive this time, that conversation is on the forefront and it's being brought to the forefront of the people that are making the the, the players that be, or whatever whatever they are, you know, gatekeepers or whatever you want to call them. That that conversation is on their doorstep already. Mm-hmm already so your state might not be there but that conversation is in play in a lot of places um some someone was just saying um georgia if you don't have your social equity in order you might as well hang it up you're not getting a license in georgia if if you don't have your your programs together so it'll happen missouri maybe one of those places you know what i mean like and you just got to be involved yeah jason just um testified you know at the 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 adc board had a hearing um for cannabis delivery mm-hmm. you know the legislation that was passed you know emergency for the pandemic there were barriers mm-hmm. so we're testifying the- let them know you know for people that had you know maybe transportation companies or other delivery services it kind of shuts us out if you have to be an employee of the dispensary to deliver. Like you can't even, we can't even bid. You know, my husband has a transportation company. He can't bid for those contracts because there's so many barriers in the legislation even, even to keep more, them out. But for her to understand that issue, you would have to know that um, in DC, the medical marijuana program has gone from Department of Health and Human Services to the alcohol and regulatory and the nightlife commission so that that helps to frame what you know (laughs) what what does that tell you 
You know what I mean? That is marketable. That is going to be money, money involved. Is- you know what I mean? Like, because anytime it goes, it, you know, your parents are the health department to now the alcohol department and regulate. <laughs> like, and and they um, it's so new. They they're not prepared because, but at least they know to have inclusive conversations. Yeah. So at least it's a start. You know, we, we we're not. I don't feel like we're behind the eight ball on on this one. I love to hear it, and I'm definitely going to. You know, I go. I'm as involved as I can be, but um, there's definitely more work to be done. <laughs> at least on my end, and I encourage everyone who consumes and who loves the plant to however you can. Just like Tamika said, like joining um newsletters or just get educating yourself about the industry or if you don't want to be out on the front lines donate, donate. to a nonprofit that yeah. is donate. you know because yeah. they need all the resources they can get you know mm-hmm. the, the stuff if you don't yeah if you don't donate your time donate if you can't money. you know like during the protest i'm i have little ones i couldn't be out there so we would you know if i saw a friend post on facebook that they were down there. We're like, what's your cash app? Let us buy you lunch. Or can we send some water? You send a driver down there with some cases of water, whatever we can do. Cause I couldn't be out there, but I wanted to still support. So, you know, in DC, Marijuana Matters is definitely doing an amazing job with, with pushing forward with social equity and diversity and inclusion. Um, and that was very important to me and including that into our brand as we were building it. So you align yourself with organizations and other entrepreneurs that have the same moral standards that you have, you know, so, and, and I met Khadijah and it's been, you know, it's just been an amazing mentor mentee situation for me. So I definitely also suggest get a good mentor, not a mentor that just won't want to check in with you, but actually yeah. put you in rooms to show you different things and expose you you know to what's going on in the in on the back end of in back office of these msos you know i started working with um i don't know the president for minorities for medical marijuana here marnay madison he's amazing and so and i've started doing work with them and just aligning myself again with the i want juana to of course still be a part of the education but to also i focus in on the transition piece from legacy to legal whatever that looks like we we and like you said but we, we're not going to take it we're not going we're not for going it. it i tell people all the time you know <laughs> one of our barriers were was you know him not being able to put his name on paper where all the all this craziness so i'm like okay we'll put my name on it because by any means necessary you're getting a piece oh, of this cannabis oh, pie yeah and, and just to frame it you know, to give it a different frame, so to speak. When they came up with um, the welfare program for people in the inner cities, mm-hmm. one of the conditions for the welfare program in the seventies is when they did it. One of the conditions for the welfare program is that there couldn't be a man in the house. So if men was caught living at home, you couldn't get your welfare check. Mm-hmm. So you putting people in a position to make decisions like, well, here, the government giving me this money. He, he want to work. He want to get a job. He just got so many things stacked against him. 
that he can't. And now the government is telling me he can't be he in the house. Here. He can't even live here. I, my husband or, or baby daddy or whatever, my partner cannot live with me because I'm being subsidized by the American government. So if you use that framework um, as far as seeing, um, you don't see the manipulation at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've learned over the years is that um, in this industry, it's so easy to, um, I, I'm, I'm one of the people that I'm at the point now, I respect the fight um, for medical programs and medical marijuana programs, but I think it's just um, a long way to the front door. I think yeah, it's, just, it's like they go for medical and then it's recreation. It's like they're trying to warm people up and then yeah, they, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you, if, if this was sex, you gotta have foreplay first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So the medical, the medical cannabis talk is the foreplay and it's warming people up for the bigger agenda. And that is legalizing marijuana on the federal level. And we all know that um, the federal government has dropped the ball in the past um, as far as what fighting crime looks like and what legalization you know, could look like and how it's destroyed and ravaged communities. And I think they're trying to make sure that this is another situation in which they're on the winning side of the coin um, financially and with the least amount to lose. And we can see right through that. Um, but the beauty of it is that we're having conversations about it. We're at least talking about it. We're not just, we're calling BS yeah. this time. And, and people are like, all right, you got me. What do you want? <laughs> ah, you know, okay, yeah, okay. Ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was in the clubhouse it. room with a guy and it struck with me because again, being in Missouri and I consider myself a well-traveled person, but still St. Louis is my everyday and the people I'm around every day, it was, it's still. My uncle's, from East St. Louis. My uncle's from East St. Louis. Okay, uh, he right across yeah. the bridge it's and it's legal there. It's like it's yeah. there. He was a um, salute. But he said that if you are going to be in this industry, whether you're an ancillary business or not, you cannot be scared. Mm. And I was like, I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> I can't, I have to, I can't, to, <laughs> I can't be scared to have conversations or talk about certain things or to stand up for myself. I think a lot of people in corporate positions or in other industries when all this social justice stuff happened were upset at themselves because you realize how compliant you were in the man's plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't want to be compliant in the man's plan with cannabis because it's interfering with my well-being and my plan for generational wealth for my family. So I have to stand firm in it and not be scared and call people out like, ah, ah. like you said, we're not, we're not taking that. Um, but I could go on talking to y'all all day. I love the wisdom, love the knowledge, but I do have a few questions um, and they're mainly just about your partnership. But one of the questions is you all have, do you all have other businesses, partners or collaborators that you work with? Um, so we do have a business partner, my girlfriend, um, Cecilia. She's our um, director of operations, Cece. That's my boo. Um, but right now it's just us. 
Well, we 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 collab. I'm actually collabing behind the scenes with some other brands. Um, one of the one of the principles that we stand on is um, collaboration over competition. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's just how we are in real life. So it's it's manifesting through the businesses. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a couple of brands that um, I'm working with to see if I can be of a value add to what they do because. Um, like I said, the market the market here in DC is, is 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 very robust. So there's a lot of opportunity just on a small scale. Um, you know, small small mm-hmm. collaborations can actually put some food on the Be table. Meaningful. Yeah, yeah, you know, for everybody. Yeah, and, and as far as collabs, I've done. You know, we participate in these boxes that people do. You know, they might ask for our products. We we are definitely open. Um, to collab with really whoever, you know, mm. we're all about, like as you said, supporting, um, as long as our, our values are aligned with what you have going on with your brand, um, then yeah, we are, we, we welcome it. We prom- will promote it. Um, I definitely, you know, you can go on my page. I'm constantly promoting other cannabis brands mm. and, you know, even non-cannabis brands. Um, and, 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 and that's part, that's part of my thought process about the large scale of what the industry is, is that I don't, we don't need a lot. You know what I mean? Like I just, there's enough market share where you can be in a niche market of a niche market and still do six figures a year. I mean, like, yeah. like yeah. the entrepreneurial spirit is, 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 it's not that hard to be an entrepreneur in this day and age. It's with the, in cannabis. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. No, I'm just saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It, no, it, it isn't. It isn't. Whoa. I mean, your work ethic has to match, but <laughs> in the, the dot-com era, you don't have to, you, you can, I mean, come on. We got Instagram people, people on Instagram. Like, Instagram is a way of life now. Like, yeah, people, people make money just posting on yeah that's page. a segment of a segment you know what i mean like instagram hasn't even been out 10 years mm-hmm. yet you got people that's doing six figures to a million dollars fashion nova for example. i mean like they don't even got a brick and mortar nowhere in sight and do probably hundreds of millions of dollars every year so to be an entrepreneur it, it's different it's not yeah, what it it's used different. to be yeah i won't say it's easy i didn't say it was easy but, but it's, it's not it that hard different. it's not that hard for me it's more competitive I, feel I, I mean, you can get a website, you can get an Instagram and a product. You don't even have to have your own product. You can be reselling on Etsy. Like people yeah. make, yeah. people make hundreds of th- tens of thousands of dollars monthly selling ceramic mugs. So, you know what I mean? It's it's all in. But with, there's a lot that goes into it selling that ceramic you gotta mug. Do the so work. on the, you gotta on the do outside, the work. it might look like, oh yeah. That, but you got to do the work. You better be the best ceramic mug seller. Because trust and believe there's a hundred thousand other ceramic <laughs> mugs. But so, which leads to my point is that it's so much money out there. It's it's not hard to grab. It's how much you hanging on to, and how much you putting back in your community. Mm-hmm. Like it's I know several people. I know dozens of people, hundreds of people that are providing for their families from the legacy market from the 80s and 90s of this town. They are feeding their fa- hundreds of men and women that have figured out by the era we came up in with the, the, the hustler era, that go get it era, when none of this stuff was around, you had to, you will, you will, your success determined, 
was determined on um how much time you put in on the block. That's that's how your success was determined. How much was you on the block from sunup to sundown, nights, weekends? That was how your level of success was determined when you were from the legacy market. And hundreds of people got in trouble from being in that way of life when all we were trying to do in the first place was provide. Ain't nobody really trying. A lot of people that's in the game is not, don't know they can't retire from the game, but you can maintain. If you can figure out how to get in your little lane, you can maintain. And there's hundreds and hundreds of men and women in this town that have figured it out and are doing that. The, the question is, how do you translate that for the next 25 to 30 years? Make it sustainable. Make it sustainable. And I think that's part of um, why we need conversations like this. And collaborations. And that's collaborations, part of the collaborations. Yeah. You know, you don't always have the money to rebrand, but maybe you can link up with a friend and say, you know, your item does this. Can you make it specific to my brand? You know, mm -hmm. and y'all can collab on that. Um, I know I shared with you, it doesn't matter who gets to the table first, as long as we all eat, you know, in a, in a, in a story that I like to, or an example that I like to share about that is, you know, I was sharing with you about Sincerely Wilma's, mm -hmm. you know, she, I was introduced to her brand by a friend, ordered the pancake mix. It was amazing. So of course I blasted out to all my friends and, and my family, you know, and then my cousin, she's like a foodie and a blogger. She puts it in her foodie group. The next thing I know, the owner is calling me like, Tamika, you don't understand. We almost had to shut down shop. And then I woke up this morning to almost a thousand orders, mm, right? So, so as that story kind of started circulating, people were asking me like, well, did she give you and your cousin something? Or did, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. That's not how this works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what y'all don't understand is my son only eats pancakes. Mm. I am a busy busy. I don't have time to be in the kitchen every morning whipping up paint. That batter say so she did what she was supposed to do as an entrepreneur. She solved a problem for me, mm -hmm. right? And the product was amazing. Mm -hmm. So guess what? I, I just got a delivery this week mm -hmm. because she's still she is a staple in our home now. So why wouldn't I want the rest of my community to know about her brand? You know, people are like, but you're you're just starting your brand. I'm like, if that we don't make pancake batter. I don't exactly. <laughs> you know, so why would I why would I not want to see her thrive? You know, when I know my cousin loves pancakes and she's a foodie and she's definitely gonna you know and then, and none of this stuff was orchestrated organized planned it's very organic. everything everything that that we've been involved in and everything that's happened to us has been organic mm -hmm. organic i mean this is you're looking at preordained plans you know from the man upstairs we ain't got nothing to do with this we just going along we're just doing what we feel is right yeah you know so if something strikes us or a good product strikes us then we we talk about it, you know. Or, or, or I I'm the king of repost. <laughs> I got more just as much other people's stuff on my page as I do yeah. my own stuff because it's just about it. That like button is so free, and that repost button so is so free. It's so, so free. free. You ain't got to do nothing but just hit a little button, 
and share information. And and, and we can't be in a, in, a, in a society where we guard in information. Right. That's the other thing we're seeing about this entrepreneurial spirit and everybody. People are making money using the methods that these companies have used for decades and they're figuring out wait i done made this man millions and millions of dollars i can i can do this myself and that's the other side of the coin that you're seeing from the entrepreneur um aspect is that it's attainable it's, you know marketing secrets aren't a secret anymore algorithms is not a secret anymore seo is not a secret anymore you know all these things that companies have used to to their advantage to make sure that they're controlling, you know what I mean? The marketing and stuff is, is no longer a secret. That, that stuff is out there. And I think the biggest secret that you guys talked about is the power of community. And society has beaten into us. Um, part of the propaganda has been um, teaching people to put the individual first. And in many respects, the, the individual does, you have to be one with yourself in order to be a part of a community and to be a part of any type of partnership. But society puts so much emphasis on the self. And so that's why you have people that when y'all are reposting or sharing other people's work, regardless of how your business is going, you have the people that are like, well, why would you, you know, put them on? Did y'all get something mm -hmm. from that? Mm -hmm. And not, that's the wrong mentality that I have mm -hmm. about that sort of thing. And Tamika and I spoke before we started the live, the recording, um, you know, we don't, we underestimate the value of our dollars so much. And it's mm. not even about, I mean, of course, at, at this present moment, because this is a moment and a movement, it is about the black dollar, but just mm. even supporting things that you like. Like if you are totally against homophobia, why would you be eating that Chick-fil-A? Mm. If you are totally against, um, you know, just, just being, we owe it to ourselves to be more educated consumers. And I think a part of that is understanding um, who we're supporting and understanding that our, the value that we added to this world monetarily is energy. So mm -hmm. where energy flows, goes, energy flows. And so what are you putting your money, energy into? What are you supporting? And if it's not the community, then of course there's going to be a disconnect. So the fact that you guys do that naturally, it's, it's karmic in a way, you know, it's just, you're going to be taken care of because you take care of the community. Instead of me sometimes throwing my food away, this is so country. As the people Bama of me, but I see I throw my food outside. I want the animals to eat. I it gets really deep, but it's what and I feel like when I started doing that, I started getting blessings in other ways for helping take care of God's animals because we we're all here and we are supposed to coexist with one another, and that includes financially. Um, but okay, I'm sorry, people. I'm getting to y'all questions because I know y'all gotta go. <laughs> um what the last two questions one what's next for you guys as a couple and then individually and then the second question is what national organizations do you recommend people donate to well i'll start with that question first and you know this might be a little biased but it is what it is but marijuana matters um in washington dc they work to um to repair the hurt and the harm that has been done 
um, due to the war on drugs. So diversity and inclusion is very, very priority with this organization, right? And they're a new organization, but they're making such powerful moves in the industry with their social equity toolkit, where they're really charging the heads of these large companies to learn about diversity and inclusion. Like you said, it's not good enough to just throw up that black swag. Mm -hmm. It was cute. But yeah. now what? Because that board is still not diverse. You know, you're still making these marketing mistakes that keep, you know, getting everybody canceled. So, you that's, know. That's, um, to fill in, <laughs> that's, that's actually um, part of our story. Um, and and uh, we, we're putting that information out there because it's for everybody. Uh, we've been fortunate and, and, and truly blessed with the um, connections that we've been able to make and they're, they've been for us, mm -hmm. but um, you know, it's, it's like, you can't pull people with you, but if you get over the wall, you can throw the rope back over. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to carry people as you go because mm -hmm. you, you're carrying weight that is not meant for your shoulders. Um, but I can, I think I can truly say that as a result of the people that we've been aligned with, that it will be beneficial for those around us. Um, Marijuana Matters is near and dear to us, you know, because of what the story is and, and, and what they're fighting for. And they are the reason that, like I said, this conversation is on the plates of some of these execs because it has to be had. Um, so so we, we, we try to back you know, and align ourselves with people that we know on the front line. I don't want to try to name everybody because there are a lot of people that we touch with, you know, on a regular basis that are doing great work. Yeah, so I could definitely send a list over to you mm -hmm. and maybe you could send it out to your listeners or your followers. Yes. Post it okay. but well, I'll put it in the Black History newsletter that I yeah. have. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I send me y'all's, um, well, if you have where people can order drinks, if you have a site where oh, we can yeah. subscribe we'll or anything like that. Um, yeah, you can, you can um, grab anything from the resetwellnessgroup.com. Okay. Um, that's our e-commerce page. Um, Wellness Group. Yeah, and, and it's then I, I think what was next? The what's <laughs> next for what's the brand? Yeah. yeah, what's next for you guys for the brand and then individually? Do you guys have any individual um, for reset? Like I say, we're we're in a rebranding, and I'm, and I need people to understand the rebranding is more than just a logo and changing yeah. colors and things. <laughs> we are like starting pretty much from the ground up, redefining and just reformulating and getting, I want black people to normalize luxury as well. So it luxury cannabis, that is, that is, we know our lane, we know our demographic, the people that we're serving, because we've been doing this for two years now. Now we know what they want and we want to make sure that we deliver that. So I'm just really excited. And like I said, I don't, we can't say too, too much, right. but um, I'm definitely excited about the direction um, that Reset is going in. I married my weed man. It's just happening organically. We are just kind of going with the flow and linking up with people that you know, like you that are so gracious to offer their platforms after hearing us speak on Clubhouse. Um, I don't know, like I think after last night's chat, 
I kind of have an idea of um, the direction I want to take the brand. I don't know if hubby is going to really be too much on board, but we'll see. He might surprise me. Looking like I don't want to give no Like, oh, Lord. I know what's going on here. Yeah, I'm just, we'll see what the numbers, how the numbers come back. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're just, we've, we've had a lot of offers, people that have offered to help, and we're still kind of combing through invitations to appear on podcasts and have magazine articles written and just we're just kind of enjoying this ride and letting um god lead it to, to where it needs to go because uh, like i said like, once again we're in a place where this wasn't planned to go like this this was we never thought our story would be so impactful um and i don't take that lightly so i don't know and then personally What's next for me? I am just kind of on this wellness journey. Reset definitely made me um, do some self-reflecting. And I'm working with a wellness coach and I'm in therapy and I'm doing, and I'm more intentional with my cannabis use. And, you know, I'm talking to people that might know a little more than me, you know, and I'm trying to just heal a lot of traumas and break some generational curses and just just be authentically meek. You know, I have finally came out of the cannabis closet to my family and had to have that those as my um partner says courageous conversations. I had to sit down with them and say, I married my weed man. And we're in cannabis and I love the plant and this is what it does for me. And, you know, and, and having that with my family and them embracing it and then being able to say publicly that I'm a can of mom. And yes, you know, I do talk to my kids about cannabis. I, they are in the home with us. They see the biz. My daughter helps put the labels on, you know, this is a two person operation. So she's our VP of labeling. That's what I call her. You know, come put these labels on, girl. Because sometimes, some days it gets hectic. And she's so. going to have that. She's going to, even they seem so minor, but I didn't have someone to show me how to start a business from scratch. And your kids are going to have that. And it's so beautiful. And I'm sure your families, from what you guys contribute to the community um, with through cannabis, I'm sure your families understand. But even if they don't, when they see when the money, they say, I'm sure yeah, that's right. the money. I'm you, sure you already money. know. You already know. And what's next for you? What you got um, going on, Bubba? <laughs> I like that you said, Bubba, what you got going on? You know, I never know with him. People think it's really me with the shenanigans. Let this be exclusive. This is the exclusive. It don't really be me, y'all. It really be him. I'm just the one that brings it to the group. Like, hey, let's do, you know. He but does seem more chill. You seem more, way more outgoing. <laughs> uh, um, for me, um, I'm actually thankful for the pandemic and the extended time out. Um, it's, it's really put things into focus for me because the way that I thought I was going to be able to achieve and attain my goals is not the way that it's happening and I'm kind of thankful for that I've had direct messages from God where people just kind of tell me to be still fall back and collect when it's time to collect um you gotta understand coming from the legacy market you know and pivoting and transitioning um you already 
been in for 25. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he like, look, I'm with like, this entry level. <laughs> you're, the yeah. you're the CEO. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just got to make sure that um my moves align with that. Um, Like you said, you made a great point when you said, like, our value, you know, when you come from such a strong background, your value has to matter. Mm-hmm. And you ha- and I've been able to navigate my way into rooms in which it matters. Um, mm-hmm. I remember two years ago, um, these young ladies that that uh, had the first CBD store in Washington, D.C., um, they asked me then, they were like, well, what is your goal this year? And I told them, I just want to be in better rooms with better people. Mm-hmm. And I did that, that year. And and every year after. And that's what's made the difference. Um, me being able to kind of get outside of my own comfort zone and get outside the box with how you think and the people that you can land yourself around really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, I've literally just mm-hmm. showed up places with my lemon. I was just doing lemonade at the time. <laughs> and I've given people lemonade and they're like, oh my God, what is this? You know, and I'm like... <laughs> It's something I came up with. Not even that I came up with. I just, I made a better mousetrap. Right. There, 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 I'm not the first guy to do infused beverages by no means. I just did it in the manner that I did it in that worked for me. And it spread. So that that's really the only coattails that I'm riding is, is my own. Um, so, but, but for me, um, I say I'm thankful for the quarantine because I just want to be better daily. Um, that's kind of what's next for me is making tomorrow better than today was. So if I miss the gym today, I try to get there tomorrow. If I miss cooking breakfast for my family today, I try to do that tomorrow. You know, just fill in the blanks for um, the things that go missing all the time. That's I it. love that. And with that, for me, it's definitely, it, I've learned that as well to, to just do better the next day and to to be more disciplined, but to give myself more grace. I was just about to say, he tells me that all the time because I'm so hard on myself. And he's like, Tamika, you have to give yourself grace. Yes. Give yourself grace, especially when it comes to motherhood. Because I'm really, you know, I've been really hard on myself during this quarantine. Um, It's just been a lot you know, having an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. And sometimes I'm just like, am I failing them? You know, it's just, you start having those thoughts like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, because some of these days I'm a solo entrepreneur. I don't have a nine to five. My husband does work a nine to five. I think that was one of the questions too. Um, so he, he does work as an environmental engineer and I resigned to do this full time. Um, so some days it's very scary for me, you know, and I am trying to build the business and I might be having a frustrating day and sometimes that might get taken out on the kids, you know, and then I'm like, oh, or, or my husband, most times him. Um, or if I, or I just don't have the patience at the end of the day because I'm so worn out or I don't want to talk because I've been talking all day. And and like this one, as you can see, he, here he come back. <laughs> Who? What is going on? We about to wrap it up. I promise. Uh oh, you smell. <laughs> oh Lord, I don't know what I'm about to go upstairs to. 
But yeah, yeah so it's, it's those moments, uh, and he's um, always like, give yourself grace. Yes, and as a woman with no children and no husband, I just live alone with my thoughts. I applaud one, anyone who is a mother. Um, you have two children, you have a business, which is also like a child. You are a wife. You are in business with your husband. So definitely, ma'am, give yourself some grace. It's a whole nother podcast. And I think, and not to say, I mean, I have my everyday struggle, no struggle competition or whatever, but right, definitely right, right. give yourself grace because you have so much going on around you all the time and you're still doing more for the community than most other people do. <laughs> Um, just and not even you know something that you all brag about. It's a way of life, you know. It's not yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's a trend to whatever, but it's 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 a way of life. And I think that's why our consumer base and our community love us, right? Because they know it's authentic. They know what we do comes from the heart. They know my husband is a just a solid stand-up guy. They know we've built this on integrity, so they trust us you know, and there's been times where, you know, like he said, like we've given away probably just as much product as we have sold. And I know we got to stop doing that, but sometimes I'm just like, but babe, there's other ways we can get it, you know, like we'll just, we'll figure it out. But, um, this has been amazing. Like, mm -hmm. thank you for yeah, inviting it. us. It's been an thank awesome conversation. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. We're thank still you. so humbled by all of the attention that yeah. we've gotten from this. That Yeah, that's a big takeaway. <laughs> she got, I'm on camera these days. Like, <laughs> he I don't, don't do this. Like, well, thank you. And you're my first male guest. So oh, thank, wow. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I loved it. Yeah, he's like, no pictures, no, you know, but he's starting mm -hmm. to come out. I'm like, babe, this is your industry. Like, people want to know you and you have the experience. You are, I know we talked about, I ain't trying to put you out there, but you're the elder. Like, you, yes. you know, so you have the knowledge. You have they the call it legacy. Nah, they, yeah, they, everybody do call me OG. <laughs> like, <laughs> they really do. But. No, I'm I'm thankful for you. You know, you having us on the platform. Um, I, I I do value um these conversations, and you know, I guess having them recorded as well because it also gives me timeline and and um, you know how they say you can always remember where you were when you heard your favorite song, like mm -hmm. when you heard a song for the first time that you really like. You remember where you were, and with you know having this kind of dialogue. Um, I just hope to help somebody. For years, I, um, I I dabbled in music, and my approach was that, you know, if I could make dope enough music, I could get enough people to listen, I could command a room, and then I could have their attention and, you know, drop some jewels on them in the process. Um, yeah, but I that was a long road, you know, and this is, this is much more direct. Um, <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, if we're just able to help one person and, you know, in a day's time, then it's kind of all worth it for me. Well, we have answered all of your questions. My spirit is full. Mine <laughs> is too. So much for lending me your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I dropped 
their website in the chat. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll also have them in my newsletter coming out next week. Um, yes, and we're on all social media platforms. Reset Wellness underscore DC um, is our Instagram. We're on Clubhouse at, at Bub and Meeks with an S. Um, yeah, and then the, the website. The Reset Wellness Group. Yeah, group.com. That's where you can reach us. Mm. Okay, I put their Instagram in there too, guys. Reset Wellness DC. Oh, and then for Weed Man, it's I Married My Weed Man on Instagram. All right. Well, that's all we got, y'all. We ain't got no more. Have a good <laughs> night. If you got access to some CBD, smoke you a little CBD joint before you go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell her. Sleep. I'm not going to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, you guys. All right, Bye, thank you. It.